Welcome back to MNEX's weekly podcast covering regulatory news from around the globe. My name is James Paniki. I'm from MNEX's Asia-Pacific team, and it's great to be with you yet again. And don't forget to go to mnexmarketinsight.com for the very best of our reporting. Just click on the Insight Centre tab. Data privacy policy and data privacy enforcement have continued to dominate our coverage over the past week. In Europe, we've seen a significant development with Ireland's privacy regulator undertaking its first big tech investigation involving a Twitter data breach of all things. Now, that's moving forward to the next step of the GDPR enforcement process, and we'll come to that story very shortly. First up, though, here in Asia, there is no bigger news than the annual gathering of the National People's Congress, which is the country's legislature, and the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, which is a political Political advisory body. What has caught our attention is that members of the Consultative Congress have again raised proposals for rules on privacy rights and personal data protection. This adds impetus to the Chinese legislature's current work on two separate pieces of privacy-based legislation. Xu Wan is an MLEX correspondent based in Hong Kong who is part of our team of reporters covering Chinese regulatory affairs. Now, Xu Wan, before we talk about those most recent developments, what is the exact status of China's proposed privacy and data legislation at the moment? Um, thanks, James. Uh, China had um, China implemented a cybersecurity law in 2017. Um, a lot of people are already familiar with that law. Um, that is a very comprehensive uh, piece of legislation because it covers a wide range of uh, issues that um, that are related to secu- network security. So it covers network security and data protection. Um, separately, um, China currently doesn't have an independent uh, data protection law. But in 2018, the country's legislature, which is the National People's Congress, has outlined in its five-year legislative plan that it will have a uh, both a personal information protection law and a data protection law. Uh, in China, they have widely used the concept of personal information instead of personal data, but essentially they are the same same thing. And and these laws, Shuan, when are they likely to be ready? When will they be in place? Uh, according to that plan, um, they are aiming to have uh, the, the two laws uh, ready for review by the legislature within the current five-year term. But it's not clear yet when exactly it will be ready to be implemented. But most recently, uh, there is an office within the legislature that is responsible for drafting uh, laws. It has uh, issued a statement uh, and said um, currently they have get ready uh, a draft of the personal information protection uh, law already. So that one probably will come sooner than the data protection law. Given that there is this 2017 cybersecurity law in place and that the two additional pieces of legislation are now being considered, why is the National People's Congress and why is the Consultative uh, Conference uh, looking into this issue and uh, campaigning for uh, greater data privacy protections? 
Um, ever since um, the inclusion of these two laws into that five-year legislative plan I just mentioned, um, almost every year, uh, including this year, um, which happened this week, the National People People's Congress they have a standing committee and they will make a report uh, during these two sessions every year. Almost every year, they have been mentioning these two laws. They're saying uh, we will uh, make this a pri- priority uh, in our legislative work. Another factor is that China is increasingly uh, seeing data, especially people's uh, data, personal data, as a very important uh, resource. Uh, for the nation in the aspect of developing artificial intelligence and big data uh, platforms. But in the meantime, there are many uh, examples of data abuse by these internet platforms. And considering the huge population in China, the government thinks uh, it's very important to have some clear rules for how platforms handle uh, people's data. And the members of these two organizations, almost every year they will raise the issue of uh, personal data protection. Um, One main reason is exactly that currently China don't have these two laws ready and many people think it's not sufficient uh, for the data protection regime to be without these laws. And also, um, there are many questions that are yet to be clarified by these two laws, such as whether there will be an independent regulator for data protection. Um, So in China, different from many other jurisdictions, the responsibility to enforce data protection regulations or rules are shared uh, shared among a lot of industry regulators, such as the telecommunications regulator and the internet regulator. Very often, this creates a problem for companies um, that they're facing repetitive enforcement. So that remains to be an issue to be resolved uh, by um, the law. Mm. What uh, role has COVID-19 had in these considerations and these discussions about data privacy? Um, So since the uh, outbreak of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, um, authorities in China have widely used personal data to uh, contain the spread of the disease. Uh, for example, they are uh, multiple uh, authorities in different parts of China are implementing something called a health code, which is by uh, collecting the information of a person's whereabouts. So the, the, the code, by doing this, the code determines whether you have been exposed uh, to the disease or not, in, which in turn suggests whether you are exposed to risks to others. So uh, this code has been used for people to move around the country after the uh, coronavirus was relatively contained and the government is trying to restart the economy. Um, But in the meantime, it has triggered a lot of concerns, especially when incidents like the the data of someone who has been to a high-risk area uh, was um, published online. 
and triggering concerns about people's privacy. And some of the、um, members of the legislature have raised the point that China needs to improve the mechanism to handle personal information during public health emergencies, and how exactly to get out of the mechanism after the、uh, pandemic is controlled and things are back to normal. Xu Wan, thank you very much for talking to me today. I'll speak to you again soon.、Uh, thanks, James. Bye bye. Xu Wan is an MLEX reporter based in Hong Kong, and she's been covering developments in Chinese privacy policy for us. Meanwhile, in Europe, there have been developments that go to the heart of the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, the EU's sprawling new privacy rules that came into effect in May 2018, so two years ago. As mentioned earlier, Ireland has presented big tech with its first major challenge under the GDPR. And to walk us through those developments, we're joined now from London by Vesela Gladicheva, MLEX's senior correspondent reporting on telecoms, media, and technology. Vesela, explain these developments、uh, out of Ireland to me. What happened, and what is the significance of all of this? Well, late, very late on Friday. Evening,、uh, Irish time. The Irish Data Protection Commission、uh, published several announcements、uh, about major developments in several of its big tech investigations, and that those were very long-awaited decisions、um, into, as you mentioned, Twitter.、Um, but also, we、uh, got updates.、Um, About、um, investigations into WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram. Well, let's start with the case of Twitter. What is Twitter accused of? Well, the investigation dates back to early 2019, and it's in relation to a, a data breach、um, in relation to、um, users'、uh, Twitter posts and how those、uh, were made public uh, without uh, people's knowledge. And、uh, it's apparently a very straightforward investigation about the notification that Twitter gave to、uh, the regulator in Ireland and whether that was within the time limits of、um, what the GDPR specifies. And we should explain to those listeners unfamiliar with the GDPR that this is part of a uh, of a quite uh, large, broad process. Where do things go from here with、uh, with regard to this、uh, case against Twitter? So other European data protection authorities、uh, will have a month to voice、uh, any comments they have on the、uh, draft decision that the Irish regulator has forwarded them, and、uh, also on the level of the fine proposed, which is still confidential. And this is all part of the so-called one-stop shop. So you start with one regulator, then that one regulator、uh, passes on uh, the, uh, the the inquiry for other regulators around the European Union to offer feedback for. Absolutely, and it's really going to be interesting to see how the others react.、Um, it still hasn't been tested in terms of、uh, big tech t-、uh, cases. Um, and uh, we'll see uh, what some of the big regulators, like Germany、uh, or France or Spain, are going to say, and they might be able to influence、uh, the final decision in Ireland. And you mentioned before that this decision was one of、uh, several by the Irish Data Protection Commission.、Uh, the watchdog has imposed its very first fine under the GDPR, and we've found out about that、uh, just recently as well. Tell, tell us something about that fine. How was it imposed? Against who? And what was the context? 
So the Irish watchdog uh, find um, a government agency, uh, the Child and Family uh, Agency, uh, also known as uh, TUSLA, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, 75,000 euros, so not a huge fine, but it is a public body and it is, as you mentioned, the very first fine in Ireland. Um, so it uh, attracted huge attention um, and obviously it's going to give a, um, a signpost for Irish public bodies um, to the regulators' um, approach. You have to remember that uh, under Irish law, um, the maximum penalties uh, for public bodies are um, 1 million euros, whereas um, for companies, that's uh, up to 4% of their annual global turnover. And so what is the, the big picture uh, with regard to the D- GDPR in Europe? So far, we've seen mainly low-level fines. How is that likely to evolve? Oh, well, you, you're right. Currently, we, we, we have mainly seen a multitude of, of, of low-level fines in Spain, Italy, Romania, Belgium, and they have targeted all sorts of uh, industries, uh, telecoms, advertising, uh, sports clubs. We are going to definitely see more enforcement of big tech um, companies. Ireland uh, has more than two dozen cases open uh, into Apple, Google, Instagram, LinkedIn. All of these cases are progressing. Other countries are also investigating other companies like um, Amazon and Netflix. So we should expect more enforcement in the tech sector, um, but not only. Um, we'll, We'll see other industries being affected as well. The tech sector always attracts headlines because of its international significance. Have there been any uh, difficulties surrounding the completion of high-profile investigations into big tech companies? Absolutely. Um, And the main difficulty is around the um, execution of processes uh, linked to this one-stop shop mechanism, which um, uh, is a lot about cooperation between national privacy regulators in the uh, EU, where you have a lead authority um, taking a lead on the case, uh, and also other interested authorities which can sort of comment on, on, on the investigations. There have been lots of procedural issues, um, mainly stemming from the fact that there are national divergences on procedural law. Uh, There has been criticism um, among um, privacy regulators directed at Ireland and others that they're taking too long to um, complete investigations as there are no specific deadlines. Uh, and finally, maybe perhaps we should mention the fact that the uh, there is the possibility of a dispute resolution um, and the one-stop shop mechanism uh, in cases where regulators disagree on the final decision. Uh, for example, in a big tech case, uh, that hasn't been tested yet. Vesela, it's been great talking. Let's speak again very soon. Thanks, James. Vesela Gladicheva, MNEX's senior correspondent reporting on telecoms, media and technology from London. And that's all for this week's podcast. For the highlights of MLEX's global regulatory coverage, check out our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. And click on the Insight Centre tab. I'm James Panicki, MLEX's Asia-Pacific Senior Editor. Thank you very much for your company. I'll catch you again next Friday with another podcast. See you soon. Bye for now.